We're actually back on air now. I just took the back up there. Um, <laughs> were you hoping for a break? Right? I Sorry thought there was that. like uh, some advertisements on or something. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, we'll be right back. Casper no, mattress. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're no, we're nowhere near sort of that successful. But no, thank you for coming on, Kim. Um, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much for coming on, Kim. No we worries. Really, really, really appreciate it. Um, no problem. Yeah, sorry, I'm so late. I had uh, some family commitments. So. Ah, trust me, it's it's you know, much that lot. Um, I bought a gift, by the way. You oh, bought wow. a gift? Wow, okay. So, uh, these are just my notes. Amazing. Wow. Them, and these are my headphones. So you don't want them. Oh, but I figured you needed something to get you going till two in the morning. So there's lots of caffeine and sugar. <laughs> so oh, much cocaine. And a, this is amazing. And a surprise. So. And a su- oh, there is literally <laughs> a surprise in here. It's amazing. Matt. <laughs> 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 sparkle. He brought us sparkle. Um, but yeah, so Kian is uh, the host of a music podcast called Selected. Thank you so yes. much. Which is, and we've been meaning to do something with you for a while, which is because we were in contact last year. We sort of mm-hmm. drifted out of contact. As like we don't really on the the two fifty that we have, we don't really have that many musicals to cover and yeah. stuff like that. So we thought that it would be good to cross over, and we drag you into this mess that we're doing. Um, yeah, well, it's a good mess to get involved in. It is. It, well, it's for a very good cause it's like, anyway. It's a, uh, a literal mess of of, of, <laughs> of, of cherry pie. I know. At this do point. do Mister and Mrs. Headstuff know that you're having so much food in the studio? Well, Mr. Headstuff seems cool. Mrs. Okay. Headstuff. I don't know we can't if there really is. Talk about. Um, it's a family-run business. Um, okay. We should we should know we are broadcasting from from Headstuff Studio. They've been very very kind in terms of allowing us to, to sort of be here and accommodating us and stuff. In like terms that. of us paying them. That's also true. They've <laughs> um, been very kind. That's also true. Very um, kind to take our money. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so we wanted. Yeah, to, no, no, we wanted to do something sort of with selected. Um, sure, and yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit about music. And so when this idea came up, and I will keep reminding listeners that this is. Is Andrew's idea. Uh, when this I'm idea of doing the podcast came up, of doing a return podcast, no. <laughs> um, we uh, we decided that one of the things about it is its use of music. Yes. And in particular, we talked about like Lynch is his own sound designer, but Lynch is also very much sort of his own um, like taste selector, taste maker, in that he's listened to all these acts and he loves all these acts. Mm-hmm. Um, he discovered Lissy, for example, online in 2010 when he was pointed to her YouTube channel where right. she was covering songs I don't know who by, but he was tweeting them out enthusiastically okay. and sort of sharing them with the world. And so he has this relationship with these acts. He's obviously, mm-hmm. he's done promos. He did promos for Michael Jackson. He's done music videos and stuff like that. So he has this sort of like one foot in two worlds almost, which is kind of great. And a large part of that is his interest in music. I mean, people think of like Blue Velvet, uh, the which is a movie that borrows a title from a song, mm-hmm. but also even its use of like in dreams, for example, mm. and how Lynch is somewhat inseparable from the music that he performs. I mean, even the original Twin Peaks has like moments at which it will interrupt in order to do like just you. I don't know if you listen to just you from yeah. the album, but it has like one of the characters singing that in, yeah. in his in James his, Hurley, was James it? Hurley, yeah. exactly. And his, uh, it's sorry. funny because of how sinister it makes these songs. Because like, like um, only in dreams is something I often sing in the shower, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of takes on this ominous tone because mm. the, um, the, uh, the, because of blue velvet. Um, but so, sorry. Was there a question? But no. So what we did was. We're I um I'm not really in touch with with music. I don't know much about music, so I thought it would be interesting to ask Ian in to sort of to take give a listen to the soundtrack albums, yeah. um of Twin Peaks: The Return, and sort of give us a little bit of assessment and maybe talk through a couple of them and maybe sort of like just explore them and kind of what the songs are and how you feel about them and sort of what they say. You know, if you were to take them all together, yeah. Because I mean, in the world of the show, a lot of these are performed sort of diegetically. 
yeah. in terms of they're all a lot of them are performed by artists who perform at the Roadhouse, which, as we pointed out, is a small bar with the capacity of maybe about 120 people uh, somewhere in Washington State yeah. um, where the Nine Inch Nails uh, tend to show up randomly in- my, my my take from watching the, the sort of performances at the Roadhouse is I don't know what the audience have been like what are the audience <laughs> dancing to they never seem to be dancing to the beat they seem to be dancing too slow for the fast songs too fast for the slow songs so I was just kind of looking at them going it's like the same backs of head the whole time that you see shaking from left to right and I was like where what are they hearing when this is being filmed because it's not what they're actually <laughs> they're hearing. Performing. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a weird sort of aspect of the... Of the we see that a lot in movies, but generally like... In um, and listeners have pointed out it good. is also the studio recordings they tend to use as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that's normally what happens in music yeah. videos and stuff. Like you're just told to dance to nothing and then they play the music yeah. over, the, over the recording. Over the video, yeah. yeah. So I hope you don't look lame. <laughs> yeah. This is why it's an audio medium. Uh, people can't see how lame we're yeah. dancing in the studio. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite as bad as... I, th- I think United Passions is probably the worst <laughs> kind of like example of somebody dancing where you can hear music and, and it's very clear is, that yeah, they've never is, heard the music that is playing yeah, yeah. there is no link <laughs> whatsoever between the movements and stuff but yeah in terms of like programming the roadhouse so the selection yeah. of music that they have and I mean I have a little uh, you have your own list you've actually prepared notes and stuff which is very thorough um, we have our own sort of here in terms of what plays and what episodes and stuff like that but like if you had to pick like what is your favourite roadhouse song um, so I kind of if you were going to the road actually let, let's let's more do this like right if you were... Say you don't go every weekend. Yeah. Right. But like... Say you don't live one. in Twin <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but like, so how would you classify the Roadhouse as a musical establishment? What would your Yelp review be? Like if somebody told you I'm going to the Roadhouse, you'd be like, well, here's what you're expecting when okay. you go to the Roadhouse and here. What, well, what, what I mean, be? yeah, I think it's important to know what music you're going to for a venue. Like whenever I'm deciding where to go out, I have to assess the music requirements <laughs> of the group. Um, so I mean, like I definitely feel it's, it's a heavy tilt towards quite Americana rock folk. I mean, I think the majority of the acts, with the exception of maybe like three or four, would fit into that. Some more so than others. Um, but like your Cactus Blossoms, your uh, your Sharon Von Etten and Nine Inch Nails, all those kind of fit into that sort of category of that sort of rock folk. Even like Lizzie that you mentioned earlier on is a bit more pop orientated from that point of view. Um, and then you have a few exceptions like Hudson Mohawk which is basically just a sort of glitch musician um, and the sort of um, who else was it the Rebecca uh, Del Rio Del Rio yeah, yeah. Stars, uh, no stars no stars exactly yeah she is even though it's it, it, I noticed there was a lo- lot of the music had that sort of bum 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 whether it was the, the drum whether it was a guitar it would all seem to have that sort of same sort of almost like train like chugging beat dream pop is that what they call it I don't know um, well that would be the beat the dream pop is more sort of like the the Julie Cruz elements yeah the Au Revoir Simone the chromatics that sort of you know ethereal sort of background that's very sort of good for listeners I know nothing about music I wasn't being (laughs) modest I actually know nothing (laughs) it's funny though because it's 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 kind of up to date music that fits I think with um, some some of the older kind of like Motown or kind of Phil Spectory kind of kind of music. Yeah, they, that kind of uh, dreamy quality to like the likes of the uh, chromatics, yeah. mm. where it's very different and it's very contemporary. But, but it, it also it, there's a continuity almost. I feel like yeah. uh, again, someone yeah. who, who, who's who's not like uh, um, astute about music or anything. 
Well, it was funny because when I was going to the list, the chromatics come up first, like in the second episode. So they're the first kind of band yeah. out the door. And then when you get to like episode four and episode nine, and you've Au Revoir Simone, they're kind of just doing exactly the same sound as the chromatics, which I was kind of like, now I think they do it better. So I was kind of like, oh, it's weird that you've kind of just got exactly the same thing. Would you not have changed it up? So that was kind of something that was surprising to me. But then it did hammer home that he is definitely going for that sort of dream pop vibe. Vibe, yeah. definitely. So that would be sort of what you would recommend. If you were running an establishment yourself, like the Roadhouse, so if yeah. you were running a bar in a northwestern American town, yeah. let's assume for a moment, let's put aside the question of how you would book these acts. Mm -hmm. Would you book these acts? Would you program this act for that town? Like, would you think that this is something that's going to play well, very well? I love it, Dan. <laughs> well, that's well, it. I mean, what's the, what do we reckon the charge is on the door? <laughs> Friends who's playing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like when Nine Inch Nails are there, it's say you'd have to pre-book those tickets. <laughs> yeah. um, Just show up on the night for uh, Cactus Blossoms. But well, ultimately, you're booking people that you know you have the audience for, and like that makes sense. If you if you know if you know the audience are going to like it, then go for that. Yeah. It wouldn't per se be my genre of music, so I I wouldn't book it from that point of view. Um, and obviously, in real practicality terms, you'd want to be, you know, hiring local artists and stuff like that, you know, to uh, you know get more people through the door. Um, but apart from that, I definitely think he has a consistent theme. So that if you were going there, you'd know you're getting <laughs> a limited spectrum of sounds. If you know you're like that, then you know you're going to get it. But yeah, like because small venues like this is often kind of like a lot of. Uh, friends of the band, band yeah. <laughs> like all of Mother. Nine Inch Nails friends <laughs> yeah. are in the have, have come along to support them. Trent Reznor's <laughs> sister is there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been noted actually that yeah somebody suggested that it has a very student bar vibe to it, which is very strange for something that's populated by forty something, yeah. sort of like fifty something. Definitely, yeah. Um, in that sort of like experimental quality. Yeah, no, definitely, you definitely get that sort of homely feel from it. That like. You, you can kind of guess everyone kind of knows everybody else and yeah. they're kind of they're kind of there just to you know shoot the breeze and whoever's on the background is and you know taking the, their fancy it's what happens in a large um, <laughs> uh, Kian, we actually have engaging questions here for our for your while we have a music expert on people are very keen to take advantage of okay. this um, hot question for you and I want your honest assessment yeah. here so does just you imply that James Hurley has been creatively stagnant since 1990? Do you think he has another hit song in him, or do you think he's just treading back over old ground? I don't think that one was even a hit, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> he got lucky to be up on that stage. He was <laughs> like, he'll be on his deathbed, and he was like, do you remember that time? I, I played the road Exactly, yeah. yeah. It was me and Rebecca Del Rey. <laughs> Let's do I performed with the greats, grandkids. <laughs> So, no, the okay. answer is no. Sorry. Anyway, sorry to take you off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no. So, who was the question from? Uh, the question was from Melon Boy. Um, oh, I Melon. hope you're satisfied with that answer, <laughs> Melon Boy. <laughs> Somewhere James Hurley is sitting down with a pen and paper and going, I'll show no. him. Uh, There's like just a, a mountain of sort of pieces of paper crumpled up behind yeah. him going, no. Just us, cross <laughs> out. Um, just me, yeah. question mark. Me alone? Yeah. I <laughs> is it me? <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, sorry, you were saying there in terms of like the vibe and the, the room and the mood of the place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it. do you have any theories about, and again, this is one of those, there's no right answers or wrong answers when it comes sure. to Twin Peaks. Is there any, is the fact that the Roadhouse manages to book these acts the most unbelievable thing in a show where people's heads explode? Um, like, no, because, well, 
do you like you know do you have suspend belief a bit and you say i know okay i know they're introduced as nine inch nails but if this is an alternate reality in which supernatural happens is it not also possible oh. that in this alternate reality the nine inch nails are not as I big as they are and ah, big, big acts play surprise concert and that's it's true like, yeah, and like, like they they sing a song off like an ep you know it isn't like a huge yeah. song so it could just could be there sort of you know I love the idea that everybody plays a surprise gig at the Roadhouse. Yeah, like. on their way through to, I don't know, boys? <laughs> um, or um, uh, uh, Lincoln, North Dakota. <laughs> like the, the, the true musical hub. Oh. Like, where are they going <laughs> to? Toronto. <laughs> that they would stop yeah. in, yeah, well... I suppose if they're on if they're on their way to Toronto, they'd probably be better getting a plane. That's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> but then also you have like for the Rebecca Del Rio, you have Moby playing the guitar behind yeah. her. I mean, you just presume that he isn't Moby; he's just a guitarist, you know, yeah. sort of way. Like so. Well, he's credited as musicians and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny though. Yeah, when you think about this world, it's like this is a world where Nine Inch Nails exists and all, and and the chromatics exist. But Moby doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. I love the idea that, like, uh, you know, that the series ends with Cooper crossing over into another world, and the first thing he realizes is that, hey, that guitarist from the Roadhouse was really big in the late nineties. Um, yeah, um, maybe Moby's like too vegetarian to be in that <laughs> world. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, people are pointing out that yeah, there's the comedians tour smaller venues as well. And the yeah, fighters that play yeah. smaller. Well, that's how, we, how they have to do it when they're when they're producing stuff that people don't want to hear. <laughs> they need to go to 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 kind of. Well, okay, reckon, this is going to lead into a deleted scene. Was like, right, everyone's going to hate this. Here's the nine inch nails. I was at what was it? It was kind of. I think it was. This happens a lot at at gigs, but I think it was might have been like Electric Six, and they said we're going to play some stuff from the new album now, so you can all go out and have a smoke or yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah. No, there's, there's nothing more dreaded at a concert than here's some new material. Yeah, uh, we're trying out some. <laughs> you clench your fists, you take a deep breath. You're like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, in terms of this, actually, so how would you rank the album? Because Andrew suggested, like, this is a bunch of stuff you're not going to like. You're trying material that you don't like in an oh, audience. No, no, no. I'm, okay. I'm just saying, if you were going to play a, a, a small a student uh, bar, there'll be yeah, the opportunity uh, venue. You yeah. might, you might try things out because because they're not, they haven't come to see, say, um, this band. It's a surprise gig. The, the way, the way comedians do. Yeah, I guess. And I suppose you also have Eddie Vedder in the guise of a character that he's yes. playing as well. So yes, as as we we pointed out to Andrew as well, I don't remember the name of him. It's the third, isn't it? Severson the third. Edward Lewis Severson the third. Yes, which is pretty cool as well. Yeah, it is. Um, and so you have this sort of bending of reality taking place here. And you're right, it is a suspension of disbelief yeah. thing. And they're very much they're shot almost like performance films. Again, we talked a little bit about how the return is Lynch kind of working through various things and playing with various mm-hmm. modes and how like early Twin Peaks was like colliding genre in terms of like horror, crime procedural and soap opera. There's an element in which he's almost blurring into like performance films with things like this. And yeah. you know, where it's well, that's what this is. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not um, something that's happening in the show. Yeah. Really. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a piece. Yeah. For these these, these, these musicians, yeah. Like if, if if it was Twin Peaks we were watching, they wouldn't say, "Ladies and gentlemen, Nine Inch Nails," <laughs> it, uh, as as if it's uh, Jules Holland. This is Jules Holland. Yeah, that we're, that, that <laughs> just have to switch watching. the channel over. Yeah, to, we've, yeah. we've 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 we, like and 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 that's fine because I think so much of Twin Peaks to return isn't 
Twin Peaks as you know it. Yes, it's. But they made a decision to 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 put these little segments in at the end, yeah. where it's not like um, necessarily like it, the, um, thematically it might be the kind of music that fits with the show, but they're not trying to make you think that this is something that's happening in the show. Yeah. To my mind, anyway. Um, they're, they're, it's very although they do of, intercut them with like character sequences and stuff like that there are moments like I think Charlie Nee's sort of thing and there's lots of conversations about Billy who never shows up but they're like there is a sense that they are to a certain extent I mean somewhat but yeah. it, but, it, but it is it is jarring and I don't think it's done in um, no, I don't think it's unintentionally jarring. I no. think, yeah, I think Lynch knows what he's doing. There's a yeah, and that that that, that Lynch has done um, um, this this work with 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 uh, uh, musicians, like 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 for 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 example, uh, a, um, Agent Tammy, yeah, um, uh, Christabel, Christabel, yeah. Um, so I, I who would I have worked with him before she worked as an as an actor? Like exactly. I mean, this, she so considers I, this her first dramatic role. I think but this she is him with him in music and trying to bring one of his other interests into. Yeah. Um, uh, Twin Peaks to return. And do the characters ever make reference to the music they heard last night, etc.? No, no, like, there's no yeah, conversation at all. It's not like, oh, we were talking about this in Nine Chancellor Pain, don't you remember? <laughs> yeah. so, um, James Hurley sitting in a prison cell yeah. going, yeah, but I mean, that uh, yeah. that moment they played the ZZ Top song, that was pretty great, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I, what I always got was, you know, this is just a setting in order to set the backdrop. Because exactly. yeah. in, 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 in terms of the show, it's okay that it doesn't make sense. Because like Audrey is saying, like, oh, Billy hates that place. Billy hates that place where the best bands play. <laughs> <laughs> like, he wouldn't go there like if, if, if you paid him. Is there not somewhere know. else to play his better bands? We don't know about. Maybe. I'm wondering, like, the other Twin Peaks establishments. Is there, like, Triple Glen down the road that it's, like... <laughs> yeah. They have, like, the actual Pearl Jam who are playing that. <laughs> that's what you have to wonder, like, how the Roadhouse sort of, like, deals, like, with competition. Like, oh, what's it like, like an, running the other yeah, bar in downtown? It's an like, escalating bar war. Yeah. Where they're trying to, like, oh, Roping yeah. in big acts. You like, bring, if you bring a knife, we'll bring a gun. Yeah. And, We've yeah. actually digitally, like, resurrected David Bowie as a tea kettle. Oh, that um, escalated yeah, fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the, there is like kind of you do wonder how that works. Like the the other bars are stuck having James Hurley playing just you four nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> he had to fill in because Sting was missing or something. Or well, maybe like, their acts are even better. Maybe yeah. it's a to- maybe it's a, like a, a pop gay bar. It's like Taylor Swift is playing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very different show, but <laughs> yeah, I kind exactly. of want to watch it. <laughs> so yeah. I know. So let's let's talk a little bit about the individual songs. Like, do sure. you have? Well, well, I mean, I mean, Keen, what what yeah. um, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I'm happy to. I can talk about each of the songs. I can pick my favorites. Let's go. I have. I chose my favorites. I chose the ones I thought were best for the mood, and then I chose three songs that I think I would put on the soundtrack. Okay, let's go with. Let's work through those those three sure. things. So first one is your favorites, your personal. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I sent over some music. I don't know if you get a, have a chance to queue it up or whatever. But my three favorites, basically. So my f- one of the first one was from the. I think my favorite one was from Lissy, uh, her track Wild West. Are you out there? Which is probably my favorite as well, actually, as I say. Yeah, I, I think, like, because there was quite, like, it was quite heavy on the rock folk point of view. Um, whereas I kind of felt a lot of the songs were a bit one note. Like, they were, this is the mood we're setting and the vocals are, we're staying on that. Whereas I felt with Lizzie, she starts understated and she kind of builds to a chorus. And it's a lot. Listeners m- may actually be able to hear it in the background, hopefully. Oh. 
can I how, how quickly are these messages coming in? Uh, they're sort of coming in live. Well, people are engaging with this, which is terrifying. Um, people great. are actually listening with this. So it's like, um, which is kind of, yeah. It's a, it's Do we a, know how far afield people are listening? Do we have people um, from Washington yeah. State? Quick, uh, quick poll. Yeah, quick, quick demographic poll. Okay. Um, so yeah, Kian uh, wants to know uh, who is uh, who. Who's on the line here? Do you want to just sort of like do our, our listeners I, I want to identify yeah. themselves? I like this. We turned into a, like a call-in show. This is amazing. It, it feeds yeah. in with with we Washington State. This is like Fraser Crane. You know, yeah, we're listening. We are listening. So if anybody on Got the chat wants to tell there us from where, out they, of town. where they are, um, and we'll just sort of uh, we'll let you know. Um, Okay, apparently very quiet, so nobody's nobody's biting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you're quiet now, right? Let <laughs> me turn it back onto hey, you. bots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna turn <laughs> those oh, Russian bots. I, I think I think the message we're getting is we should turn back on Lizzie maybe a okay. little bit. Um, but uh, no, so it's it's just sort of perfect in the background. Um, no, they're not bots. They're just not, not willing to share apparently. Um, but yeah, so while West, I'll come, so, I'll come around and I can listen to this because this is very strange talking about music when I. But yeah, so what is it about Lizzie that you love so much? I think this song for me stood out because I um, I just think it builds more than the others. It was less one note than some of the other songs, which were kind of just more mood setters. This one starts lower, and then she builds this sort of chorus that we're getting to now. And it's quite a, a, a belter of a chorus as well. Like you can definitely imagine if I was one of those awkward people popping in the roadhouse that I would be you know nodding my head and singing along with it quite quickly because it's quite an infectious chorus um, as well but yet it still fits in with the with the other themes of the other music and it's also used very well in terms of where it places sort of in Twin Peaks uh, sorry in the in the actual sort of uh, show because it's episode 14 yeah which is where you're building up to the climax mm-hmm. of the show and yeah. the show very quickly gathers momentum from 14 through to 18 at gotcha. the very end yeah and so you have that like starting out slow and then boom it hits you with the chorus which yeah. is just great and yeah, yeah it's, I think it's one of my i think it's the best written songs or at least one of them anyway that's on, on the list and i feel unlike some of the other acts <coughs> nine inch nails i feel she's actually given us one of her best material whereas some of the other ones i feel they're like let's try it some of the other songs that you know we don't get to play as much yeah we could do with the Twin Peaks bump on this one yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're not shifting exactly, units yeah. <laughs> so anyway that, that, this is probably my favourite from the, from the and album and I, I would kind of agree with that mm-hmm. myself but uh, in terms of other stuff you have some other recommendations so your other favourites of the set yeah so I'd say next would be in a totally different vein then would be the Rebecca Del Rio one that we were speaking before No, the, stars. no, no stars yeah featuring which is also the longest I believe it is quite long, all right, isn't it? But I quite like it. Um, I mean, it could be maybe a minute shorter, but, you know. And it, it plays over the sort of closing sequence. And not, sorry. not playing over us right now. Thank you, Andrew. Um, <laughs> thank you, Andrew. I'm working. I'm doing the best that I can. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to swap places? <laughs> yeah, see how good you are then, right? <laughs> it, we're not even, we're nine hours in and we're already. <laughs> sort of like, yeah, it's already, yeah. This is great. Wait until you leave, Kian. Okay. <laughs> um, the 18th there was just gonna be silence where like you're <laughs> just lying on the floor and the battered and bruised. Snoring. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, no stars, which is episode ten, I believe, as well. Um, and okay, we're turning up the volume and the mix a little bit there. Perfect. All right, cool. This is great, by the way. Um, thank you, everybody who's listening and giving feedback. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. We normally have to improvise this ourselves after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. But anyway, so just in terms of no stars, which is six and a half, sorry, seven and a half minutes long. Okay. Um, it's. I don't think that the whole seven minutes is in the show. I think it's about five minutes, the yeah, actual but performance. It's, but it's still something else. I mean, it's the end of the episode, and it's a good solid... You're about five minutes into it before the 
credits roll, mm. which is something for a musical All performance. And what is it that sort of like, why why this song? What jumps out about to you about this song? Oh, well, I really love that sort of vocal delivery, the really sort of smooth, polished, like I feel she just has such great control over her voice and the way she kind of builds up the vocals like she will do here and then she'll just take it down like that the way she just did there I really really like it's kind of restrained absolutely such control over that voice and she has a bit of vibrato in it but it isn't really like sort of you know old sort of 60s vibrato where every note is just vibrato so I just really sort of like that really smooth polished vocal but then also that really sort of slow guitar again this is one of the songs I was talking about that has a sort of bum 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 yeah that sort of beat to it as well which I think is quite a common theme in this but this one has it the best I think of, of them all um, and yeah and I think it's quite good to have like a bit of Spanish in there as well that she sings in as well so it feels like a like yeah like a, a driving song kind yeah of. I found yeah. a lot of these songs were quite good traveling montages and yeah. I, obviously I saw what they were used for but I definitely got the feeling of transit with a lot of the songs and this is definitely a very sort of like reflective nostalgic sort of look back at a past relationship or I think that's kind of the I I'm not quite sure what point the plot is at this point, but that's sort of. No, uh, you can talk about anything. Yeah. You would like, go, like, yeah, this is this is. We have 18 hours. Oh, you, but you, no, it's you mean uh, uh, when what what point the show is when this music plays? Yeah, exactly. All oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is. It's the 10th episode, and it's kind of there's a sense of building almost. Mm. Um, <laughs> somebody has pointed out well, no stars takes up 15 percent. What's the person's name? Uh, Cooper Cooper, which is Doppelganger Cooper, which is quite good. I like that. Has pointed out that no stars makes up fifteen percent of the total runtime of episode ten, okay. uh, which is <laughs> astonishing. Uh, but it's worth noting that like Lynch has used Del Rio before in Mulholland Drive, mm-hmm, I think specifically. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice. Again, we talked about like Lynch using things from his past in here mm-hmm. and trying to create almost like an, an Uber Lynch or a Gestalt. I don't know. Like I'm a Lynchology, like his yeah, own sort of lore. Yeah, that's it. Like the the canon in Twin Peaks is not the canon it's it's Lynch yeah, but exactly. there's a sense of like Del Rio coming here is very much like using Naomi Watts as well it's like a way yeah. of bringing in Mulholland Drive definitely um, and yeah it, it's just a staggeringly beautiful film as well a uh, piece of music as well it reminds me I like that we've been talking about whether it's a TV show or a film the real question is whether Rebecca Del Rio's No Stars is a song or a film <laughs> but the, um, the the way that it kind of it has that dreamy quality to it definitely and we were talking but it's also warm it's a warm, it's like a hug, it's a comfortable space to, you know, yeah. so that you can kind of almost imagine like two, like a couple outdoors, just kind of like a moonlit sky, like that's the sort of vibe I get from it. And so, yeah, it is kind of dreamy, but it isn't like spooky. That's it, exactly. And I mean, we 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 had this discussion when we were talking about watching the show where Brian Lloyd was like, um, you couldn't watch huge chunks of it in a go. And the way that the music often works, and particularly with this one, is it feels almost like a lullaby. It's like you've got to the end of the episode and it's like just lie back on the couch with the sound system turned off and the television on. Does it not? I mean, it it feels almost kind of Lynchian in a way because it's the way Lynch can kind of go slow and kind of atmospheric but not not put you to sleep and Mm. keep you kind of interested and wanting to, uh, in this case, hear the next uh, uh, note or in, in... in in Lynch's case, to to see the next scene, yeah. like the, the, this this is kind of it. It feels like of a of a kin kind of to 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 to, to Lynch in a way, like n- n- not not in a way of kind of like putting 
putting you to sleep. Although it it seems like it's kind of uh, like like <laughs> and, and you're listening to this while doing an 18 hour podcast may not be the best. No, time. but 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 that's what I'm saying. Like like uh, I feel like superficially it's kind of like the sort of relaxing music that would put you to sleep, but it's compelling. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, worth noting, actually, in the comments discussion between Cooper Cooper and Melon Boy, they're gotcha. talking about how the the costume that she wears, which obviously has the zigzags, like yes, the iconic is. floor, mm-hmm. um, that wasn't a choice from the wardrobe. She wore that herself because she has that. She owns oh, that right, dress. Okay. Like, I'm performing in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Might as well wear that dress, I guess. Cool. Um, and it does, it captures that sort of sense of the roadhouse. And, and this is a thing where we talked about a little bit about how like Twin Peaks mirrors its magical settings and its real settings. The like no stars at the roadhouse is one of those points where it was watching it. It was almost hard to tell whether you were in the real world in inverted commas or that sort of like place where you have the the people who talk backwards, the man with one arm, the arm, you know, sort of that sort of stuff. And it has that sort of quality to it. And, and maybe it's the way Lynch shot it as well with the slow camera movements and stuff. But it really has that feel of. And I guess that's what music does. It elevates you and transports you, but it has that sort of quality. Earlier. I was, uh, sorry, I was wondering whether, you know, in Game of Thrones, they, they Oh, lo- it's Andy Hazel, by the way, is Cooper Cooper, to be clear. Hi, he will be joining us at 4 a.m. Hi, Andy. Hi, Hi Andy. <laughs> we hope we haven't scared you off. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether, you know, the way Game of Thrones will have their, you know, silent screen endings where they just won't play anything for the dramatic effect of whatever has happened before. I was wondering whether this song was used for that, like maybe a pivotal character had died and it was like a bit of a shock. No, no, it's it's just sort of like we've reached the sort of midpoint or okay. past the midpoint, and it's just sort of. And again, there's a sense that Del Rey is used. Well, let me see. This this is part ten. This is part ten. So just and again, this is the thing about doing all of this at once. Um, I have big notes there, Andrew. Actually, if you want to pass oh, them up one to second. me. Um, but in terms of, I'm trying to think what actually happened in in episode ten. Was that wasn't the arm wrestling sequence? To be clear. Uh, but don't worry, this song is ages, so we have so much time to record. <laughs> oh, we, we, do, we actually yeah. don't. Yeah. We're approaching the end of it, <laughs> okay. to be fair. It just seems to keep going forever. But in terms of episode 10s, oh, we have the, yeah, we do have the violence. We have, we have the kind of contrasting violence in the trailer. We have the murder of um, Richard Horn murdering, or trying to murder Miriam. We have the trailer park violence with she- with um, Shelley's daughter um, and uh, Stephen, for example. You yeah, have- with the, the, the kind of... Um, uh, we always have this kind of threat of violence with with Stephen. I feel like when 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 Shelley says, um, or not Shelley, um, uh, Shelley's daughter, um, bah, 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 what's her name? When but when she says like Stephen never hit her, I kind of believe it. But it is definitely like that kind of oh, uh, he, uh, she's threat. Cowering on the couch and he's oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. He's uh, uh, even uh, if he's never actually technically. No, I'm, hit her. I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, but there, 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 there is certainly violence there. Yeah. Um. Even, even, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. There's and there's even like after Marion's been murdered, there's the stealing of like the letter. That's the one chance to catch, you know, sort of Richard. It's like there is a lot of darkness in the episode, I suppose, and so it makes sense. But that makes sense. And it kind of yeah. No stars, as you're saying. And again, it should be noted that uh, Del Rio is used in a similar way in Mulholland Drive, right, which okay. is the point at which the film pivots and becomes a lot darker and more mm. impressive. Yeah. Um, but in terms of other highlights, actually, is there another song? See, the third one I had prepared then was um, a, viol- a Violent Yet Flammable World, which I mean is a rubbish name for a song, but I quite liked the song, and that was by a Revoir Simone as well. That was the second one they played, the one okay. in uh, episode nine.
But yeah, so the reason I kind of liked that one was um, I like both of their songs, to be honest. This one kind of stood out more. Uh, they're both sort of synth pop, that sort of dream pop we were talking about before. It's also three three women all with synthesizers, which is quite an interesting aesthetic. Like, you don't really get to see that a lot when there's performers. You don't really tend to just have the one synthesizer. Or if there's two, it'll be a bigger band and the two lads are different sides of the stage. So these are three women all facing the stage with their synthesizers out. And they have really, really impeccable harmonies, which is kind of what drew me towards the song the most. But yet, it's very sort of scarce music-wise. It's just the synth. There's like a gentle tambourine um, and then the harmonies. And I quite like that it's stripped back. Um, so that's kind of what, what I like the most about it. For some reason, that's actually included on the score album rather than okay. the soundtrack album, which is why I don't have the full one handy. I remember sure. this one. This is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, I think it's wrong. Wow, way yeah. to make me feel guilty for not having it to hand, Andrew. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no. I, I, just, I just one want knife to... in the back after me. No, not in the back. Like, <laughs> I'd be happy with the back. I've got some, like, you know, I've got some complaints there. It'd be really nice. So it would help with the... Like acupuncture. You know, yeah, a little bit like acupuncture. Yeah, I don't need anything. I want. <laughs> I want things. I want au revoir la Simone, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling them au revoir la Simone. Okay. I'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. Goodbye but, the Simone. Yeah. But it does have, you're, you're right about that scene. Thank with, you there. With, thank you very much. Um, so the, the three I chose there, I felt were the best songs. I mean, like yeah. they were the be- the three most likely I would sit down to, to listen to myself. Whereas in a soundtrack, that's not necessarily what you want. You want ones that are also in the thematic range, range of, of the piece. Yeah. Um, so the three that I felt were the best mood setters, per se, even though I hadn't like fully aware of what was happening, um, I decided to point out as well, because they definitely set a mood. Um, and I'm not I'm sure it, it wasn't keeping with, with what was going on at the time. So the, fir- the first one I chose then was um, Julie Cruz and The World Spins. Yeah, we have and that Andy. Yeah, I think I think these three should be on the the main album, but I I, I noticed that she this was in the original Twin Peaks as well. Um, yeah. This song, and I just thought it was and it pops up at sort of episode sixteen as well. Um, okay, um, but you know I I, I it was, this is a really oh by the way listeners are guessing what songs are on here, so you have a very eager and excited oh. sort of audience. Okay, yeah, so just know that when you get to the end of this list, they if will be disappointed. Songs are not in there, <laughs> they will be very very disappointed. Okay. Right, so well, no well, pressure. Was that on the list? Well, Judy Cruz? Well, somebody somebody seemed happy that it was there. Good. Okay, so that's that, good. That wasn't one of the ones I was given. So you still have to, you right. still have to hit. <laughs> who who is who like who it's everyone Melanoy. everyone loves a shout out on the on the radio. So Melanoy. Yeah, Melanoy. Okay. Um Yeah, no, I just think this is a really <laughs> slow. Listeners, just to be clear, Kian cannot see your suggestions here, so I, I'm I've got this here. So Kian has no idea what you think should be on this list. So he's okay. he's trying to please you without having any idea. No, what I'm you pretty expect. headstrong in my opinions. Oh, right. I mean, I can fight <laughs> Moonboy out on no. Lombard Street. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think this is a really, really strong, reminiscent, nostalgic, dreamlike tearjerker of a song. Um, it's really kind of gives you time to to think as well of I don't know what has just happened the sort of whispery delivery of the vocals it's also really cinematic um, the mixture of the sort of synth and the strings and I get quite a lot of a lot of sorrow from it as well like sort of sorrow um, and that's yeah that's kind of the main emotion coming across for me so I felt this is 
a really good mood setter for a, a particular, you know, sad moment in, in the show. Yeah. And it, it kind of, it does mark sort of, it's the point at which everything sort of crosses over. It's yeah. the end of the 16th episode. And it's kind of, if I remember correctly, um, is it the end of the 16th or is it the end of the 17th? It's the 17th, it's yeah. yeah. So it's the moment at which sort of everything seems to have come together and then falls apart. Okay. Um, so it's got that sort of, again, that sort of feel to it. And it goes literally back to the beginning as well. Um, okay. The show literally goes back and sort of like becomes an well, yeah, horror on itself. Because it definitely is a, a nostalgic moment as well, I felt as well. And I actually, I did get paranormality from it as well. Yes, very much so. It's 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 the song that's not performed in the roadhouse. Um, it's performed okay. very definitely within the sort of the lodge, which is that space with the, the sort of zigzag floors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so that was it's the first very one. Well done, actually. You on the list. Very, very well done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, the next one I chose then was uh, Snake Eyes by Trouble. Oh, okay, we have this handy as well. Two seconds. Um, Andrew is back waiting to hear this. <laughs> um, back on the music fair. side of the table. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I was thinking trying to listen to music is annoying, Darren, so I'll move away from it. But, he's but then I thought, like, I like Darren is playing music anyway. Maybe I'll get to listen to something. Um, uh, we'll, 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 we'll soon find out. I'm, I, I, I'm okay if I don't get to listen to it there. Really? Because it doesn't sound like you're okay. But that should be playing. I'm okay, you're okay. But yeah, this is all. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's playing it's kind of lighter on the audience's ears as well. Just uh, sure. for purposes. But yeah, so this is this is Trouble by Snake Eyes. Yeah, this is... Oh, yes. This well, is, I remember when this is used. In fact, I says Andrew's well, let, nodding let, let along. Let me like, try to describe why, and then you can tell me whether I'm right or not. But I felt this... So it's basically a rock, kind of jazz-inspired instrumental. But I felt this was really building the tension. I noticed this kind of came early on the season. Yeah. But I felt like as the, as the song went on, it was really sort of building this sort of really distorted, tense mood, really dysfunctional. And I really got the um, sort of manic impression that it's kind of losing control of itself. Whatever's going on is getting out of control. And that's the kind of mood I was getting from this. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's one of the scenes, rare scenes within the Roadhouse that's very plot-centric. Um, okay. And it's very much sort of in the style of it. It introduces us to the character of Richard Horn, who is a monster, um, to be entirely frank about this. Okay. Um, who's introduced uh, sort of like, well, bribing cops to cover up his drug dealing very mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, inappropriate smoking, which is a 250 trope, which is immediately what marks him as a villain. And then also like threatening to sexually assault uh, teenage girls uh, in the booth next door. Gorgeous. Uh, so yeah, he's he's very much uh, yeah. That's, yeah. This is very much a, a sort of a setting sort of sets yeah, the definitely. tone really for him. Yeah, trouble, uh, trouble. trouble yeah, he's, is he's literally trouble as well. Town, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the kind of definitely got a strong sense of mood from that. But that makes sense because it's a jazz piece and jazz is all about mood and, yeah, and, sort and of atmosphere and so um, I think this might be the one that uh, does this involve. Is this involve Lynch's son? Was this the one that was? Uh, performed basically um, from people who worked on the show including like sound designers and stuff like that there's one of the bands that is basically a bunch of people who worked with Lynch including his son um, okay. oh, wow. and they actually just got together and like the sound designer the sound engineer talks about how like he, he'd be on stage playing and miming with the guitar and yeah. the drums or whatever and he'd literally get off and continue the business sort of as he was right, going okay. I'm not entirely sure if Snake Eyes is that one to be to be clear That's but um, incredible because it would be an example of where nepotism works out pretty well <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it might have got kind of in that orbit because he's a son but this is great like that and, and the, way, the way the way it works in that scene as well it's mm. uh, just uh, incredible this kind of like driving 
kind of you're you're and it's menacing as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Tense and manic and like, it's very kind of reminds me of a kind of heavier version of in Homeland when you know Carrie's losing control and she has her jazz on and her eyes are wide like that but that's darker right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that that's, that's a yeah. takeaway from Twin Peaks The Return it's like Homeland but darker, darker. <laughs> <laughs> perfect so um, in terms of the third song now this is the one where you you have to this is the one that's come up mm. in the chat this is the first one that came up so I want to see if you can guess what this is it's not a double one Check, but, uh, oh, okay. Ooh. No, but the song, uh, the last one I chose was, was the Nine Inch Nails and She's Gone Away. Um, I felt this was like Trent Reznor is singing in this, but you can't hear it. There's so much distortion on his vocals. And I just felt it was really tense, really heavy, really grim, and like almost like nightmarish. Like you are going through hell and this is what is playing. Um, and I felt that was really, really strong for that sort of mood if, they're, if that's what they're going for. Oh, by the way, you got a thumbs up. You you didn't guess what the right song was. The song was Axe Total, which is the oh one, yeah yeah, uh, which I actually really love the use of that in the the, the show where it's just Charlene Mee's cameo without any context. Mm-hmm. Where there's a woman sitting at a uh, a little table and she's lifted up by these bikers who just decide they want the table and she oh, crawls across yeah. the floor yeah, yeah, yeah. and screams primally, uh, which is just one of my favourite sort of roadhouse moments to be honest. But yeah. I absolutely adored it. But yeah, uh, she's gone. She got off lightly as far <laughs> as Twin Peaks goes. <laughs> as victims of violence and yeah, you just nice got moved yeah it's nice to see like people not being very nice to each other but also not <laughs> ripping their heads off or exploding <laughs> them yeah. or yeah. threatening violence against them it's just like I lifted you back from it's like they have a PSA in Twin Peaks <laughs> it's like I don't like that man what should I do and it's like stop don't rip his head off <laughs> Maybe just lift him out of the booth where he's sitting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but to talk about She's Gone, which is an interesting choice, mm-hmm. actually, because that's the one that's used in episode eight, which is the one that we were talking about when you came in there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's, that's just definitely that sort of really dark, nightmarish, like, tense. But, and I suppose when you're speaking about the veils as well for episode 15, I felt that kind of sits in between the two we just spoke about. So obviously Trouble uh, and then Nine Inch Nails, uh, Kinda, that one kind of sits in between the two of them. It's both darker, but it's kind of more musicality to it. Whereas, as you can hear this, this is just like the gates of hell. Yeah, screaming and grunting. I mean, it, it, the video for this, or the sequence with this, is shot like with an epilepsy sort of warning, and it's possibly the least trippy thing in the, um, in look, the entire There's episode. a girl just standing there, just hitting a tambourine off her leg, like just trying to look hard rock. And <laughs> you're like, come on now. <laughs> So, yeah, they're the three I chose for, it's, for a mood point of view. It's like, I, a party is already, oh, I, I play tambourine. And it's like, oh, it's really cool, honestly. <laughs> you should see me. <laughs> we'll cue you up with the nine-inch nails. I think it's, it works the other way around. She's like, guys, I got to play with the nine-inch nails. And I'm like, oh, what instrument was it? Tambourine. <laughs> and they're like, what? Tambourine. <laughs> Um, it wasn't the kazoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like one step above the, the triangle. Spoons. Like, yeah, the spoons. Uh, but what's about to say? So then that brings us to like suggestions. So if you were sure. sort of like, if you were running, is this if you were running the Roadhouse, you have some suggestions for acts that you? This have? is more if I were to put together the soundtrack. Oh, okay, cool. Um, um, uh, so like a lot of the suggestions were quite American, I felt. And I think it would have been nice to have a bit more diversity sort of internationally. I know like Rebecca Del Rio is, is Mexican-American and 
Out of the Vale's British, one of the bands are British anyway, and Hudson Mohawk is, is Scottish. But the rest are pretty American across the board, and you definitely that's why you kind of get so much of that sort of bluegrass, folksy, mm. that is kind of only really done by American bands. Um, but a band that I thought would be really good in it is Wolf Alice. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they have a track called Don't Delete the Kisses, which is, along with that sort of dream pop, um, it's kind of like understated vocals. The lead singer Ellie Roswell, she kind of is singing quite back to the music, and there's this sort of big anthemic vocal which is really distorted, really dreamlike, um, and yet it has a strong beat. So it has a lot of the elements of some of the other songs, but I think it would have worked better than because I kind of feel Au Revoir Simone chromatics are kind of just the same thing done again and they they're both in oh, there so twice up, yeah yeah so i'd mix it up by having them in um, but they also feed into a bit of rock as well so i don't know if you have a chance to, to cue that up or, or, um, or i not. can indeed if it's on um, the soundtrack there give me two seconds uh, perfect. It would, yeah, oh, so if it's the on the track that you sent me, yeah, 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 perfect. That's yeah. grand. I'll cue that up there. Um, apologies. Um, and and they're they're British as well, so it would have been a nice bit of change to it as well. And I think it's just a bit more interesting than some of the songs that were on it. Just kind of again, like I said, there, there was a a, lot, a theme of the bum 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 bum. This is just totally different to that. It would have been a, just a different okay. sound, but same mood board. And there's a last bit on Wolf Alice as well. I mean, like, this is set in, in Washington State, right? So we're yes. oh, Seattle, and yes. that's home of grunge. So you get a bit of grunge there from, from Wolf Alice as well. Not so much in that sound, but in some of the other sounds. So I definitely think they would be one of my picks for the soundtrack. Nice, and that's actually very good, sort of, like... Uh it's a very good kind of like thematic exactly. which is very good. And I mean, they have a bit of Pearl Jam there with Eddie Better, but like he's doing an acoustic version of what you can tell is absolutely a stadium like anthem. anthem. Yeah, I love I love that. What you can tell is that like Wolf Alice <clears throat> are gettable. Like for like, <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're realistic. They're sort of like in the Seattle sort of grunge area. Exactly. Like I mean, the Roadhouse. You know what are they gonna I do? I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, Wolf Alice feels very much like it would be sort of uh, yeah, acquirable <laughs> in terms of that sort of thing. Um, and in terms of of other stuff, um, actually, we've been asking this question of sort of all the people who come in, and yeah. we're gonna ask a sort of a variant for you, right? Because you've listened to the soundtrack albums, mm-hmm. you've sort of absorbed Twin Peaks through its music and yeah. through its sort of. So what is like Twin Peaks or what does Twin Peaks sound like to you? What is like, what is the sound or texture of it? And again, this is a mm. very abstract question. Yeah. And I mean, answer it any way you want, but just sort of like when you were listening to that music, what were you thinking of and what did it say to you? Well, I I can't say I went in fully with a blank page because I was aware of Twin Peaks and I'm aware yeah. of what it is. Um, but definitely dark, moody, a bit unpleasant. Um, but with a sort of dreamlike, extra paranormal feel to it. I feel yeah. that was definitely the, the takeaway, one sentence summary of, of the sound. Perfect. Mm. Um, and in terms of anything else on the soundtrack that you want to talk about, is there anything else that sort of jumped out at you? I mean, um, actually, Andrew, do, do you have a favorite song as well? Or? No, I, I, I mean, I quite like the chromatics. I enjoyed the, because I don't know like the, the names of a lot of these, but the, the one... Um, the the introduction of um, of uh, so I may actually Richard be able to Horn, there, which is the one that we talked about, yeah. there, which is sort of um, 
But yeah, so um, I have that playing there. I'll try and get it on your earphones. No, no, it. no. It's right. Uh, Dar 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 Darren wants to please people. So when 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 he's not pleasing somebody, he gets very very annoyed <laughs> that he's not pleasing somebody. And then he's like, why 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 can't I? Um, I, I uh, do actually do the thing. It's okay if you don't. If you can, it, it would it would be great. But if 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 you can't, it's also fine. I also do like the. I do love the the shadow and love the chromatics. And I feel like you know when you're saying like you could probably afford to lose one of those two yeah. songs for the chromatics and the same for Orwasimo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I do love like shadow at the end of that first two parter mm. is an amazing moment. And we talked about like nostalgia and the delay of nostalgia. But I absolutely love. And again, this is the question of like Jim James Hurley, and it's like James is cool. James has always been cool. And I'm not sure I believe that, but like the moment that playing over this sort of ambient synth soundtrack with Lynch sort of shooting these characters affectionately, sort of like with this warm glow, because it is, it's a much warmer song than a lot of the ones that we've covered here. Like Wild Wild West is an anthem. No Stars has this sort of like, and again, it's sort of like dreamy as we talked about it. Mm -hmm. A Violent Yet Flamble World even is a bit poppier, but Shadows is sort of like drifty. And I really, really liked it, you know? Yeah. And I kind of I, I sort of like that aspect of it. I'm 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 enjoying the tension because I feel like we'll get a lot of listens and a lot of donations. It's like, have you heard that that <laughs> <laughs> that that podcast? It it turns a lot around the, the ten hour mark. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um. the one other thing I thought Sorry. was kind of missing. So on the soundtrack itself is the Otis Redding song. Um, oh, I've been loving yes. it too long. Yes, that's an amazing song. It's a great song. And it's song. used beautifully in there as well. It's the moment with uh, Big Ed and, and Norma as well. Um, there we go. So I actually be able to cue that up there on the soundtrack. Um, so Andrew, do you want to hear that? You want to hear that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. No, like, the, uh, rather, I'd, I'd, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather be able to, 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 to hear it. Um, Perfect. So I'll just cue that up there. That's my favorite way to to um, partake of music. Thank you, Andrew. Um, sure. Yeah, so it's got. It, it sort of opens. It's this live performance, I think, as well. Um, and it's it's kind of it's very sweet and it's used very slowly and again it's got that sort of Lynch 50s quality I mean we were talking for example about like the use of music in episode 8 where it has that sort of like there are moments where Lynch in the return literally goes back to the 50s rather than just yeah. evoking it and this is one of those really sweet earned kind of moments it's also rare because it, it seems like it's extra diegetic it seems like it's I know that it might be playing in the diner when Big Ed walks in but it feels like it's playing on the soundtrack a little bit. okay Sorry. Cool. that's grand sorry apologies about that no 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 not at all perfect Right. Yes, this is. I I'm I'm shocked that I didn't say this when 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 you asked me what my favorite part was and the scene, the entire scene that this arrives in. So just to, to give a bit of context here, so Norma and sorry, so Norma and Big Ed are this sort of they they've been this couple. They were together as young sweethearts, and then he went off to Vietnam, and she got married, and he ended up married to uh, to. Uh, Oh, Nadine, um, to Nadine. To, yes, um, to Nadine. And, and she was married to uh, Hank. Yeah. yeah. And Norma got married to Hank and they sort of drifted apart and they're sort of drawn back together but it's the sense of obligation that they both have to their, their spouses who aren't necessarily healthy for them yeah. and they've been living apart for so many years and out of a sense of obligation and duty and then finally, like 25 years afterwards and again, the show makes you wait for this. This is episode mm. 15. Uh, finally, like he walks into the diner. His Nadine tells tells 
tells him that she understands that he loves Norma and yeah. that he should go and be with her. And he walks into the diner and he proposes to, he sort of says, look, I'm free now. I have my freedom. We can be together. And there's this wonderful fake out where Norma's like, oh, well, that's great. But uh, I actually have a meeting I have to go to uh, with her business partner. And it looks like possible romantic interest. She's franchising the diner. Yeah. And you have this moment of suspense where it looks like they're not going to get together. It looks like the show is going to take your heart out. And, and crumple it right mm. in front of you. And it's like, it is playing in the diner. So it's like, Big Ed, when he walks in, must be thinking, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> this will be a moment. <laughs> yeah, this will be a moment that will tell our... Yeah. better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and then it sort of, it makes you wait. And eventually you get that wonderful scene where she puts her hand on his shoulder and he turns around. And it's like, they've been waiting years for this. And again, like, this is the, I've been loving you for so long. Mm. And it's not just that you've waited 15 episodes for it. It's that you've waited 45 episodes for and in some cases 25 years yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah so that that's pretty great um, well what I was going to say the other threading was I feel they missed the trick not having a soul act in the roadhouse playing I mean they, 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 they don't have it's all sort of rock stuff and I feel this music is just as fundamentally American as that sort of rock folk stuff yeah. now obviously your issue there is most of the greats are either far too big for the show or dead. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the new yeah. Well, that's not always a problem in no. Twin Peaks. <laughs> so I felt either because you're playing with time travel, could you have had so, going back to an old version of the Roadhouse where these people are still alive, possibly, or, or just a tribute. you can yeah, or a tribute, or there's well, no. I I like that idea. <laughs> the, the, I think you could totally justify that in Twin Peaks, having I, it going kind of like uh, this. Temporal journey, kind of into where Otis Redding, Otis Redding's journey takes him to performing at the Roadhouse. It's like yeah. his entire life was pointing that moment where he's on the same stage as the Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all you need to do is you need to get some actor to play a young Otis Redding, and he sings this song, even yeah. though it won't be, you know, you know, uh, chronologically correct Otis Redding's <laughs> career. But like, who cares about that? Because it's you know, it's a show, and we're we're messing with time, so it's fine. Hey, um, it's your cousin. Marilyn Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is um, something to be said about, like Lynch uh, uses music very well. And again, we had like Donald Clark in earlier and he was talking about mm-hmm. how Lynch's movies were referential before referential was a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that like you have his use of song and even in the original Twin Peaks, you have Just You, for example, but you have sequences where Julie Cruz performs at the road, at the roadhouse as it was right. back then when the killer is revealed to the audience and the killer finds out that it's Leyland Palmer's murdered his daughter. Okay. Um, but it's also even like in the finale you have Cooper going to the Black Lodge and having a soul performance sort of in there and it's great that like the return takes these moments that were great in the original and finds a way to structure them so there are like 18 Mm. of them across 18 episodes which is just great yeah I mean some some of the best performances in uh, in Twin Peaks uh, season one were were yeah by by Leland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, as a singing sort of yes. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He would it, um he would come in and he would be like um dozy dots. Oh, well, I mean the season two as well, where it becomes a bit more sinister once you realize he's like been raping and murdering his daughter, and he's still performing music for the benefit I think of the girls. When, when it's revealed and it, when when he's become this like uh, uh, dancing yeah. singing man. 
it's because he's just murdered Jacques Renault. And you think like, well, Jacques Renault was a pretty bad guy. So like wherever he gets his joy is fine. Yeah. This is well before you uh, reveals that he's murdered yeah. Laura and murders Maddie Simmel. I believe that uh, Jay and Phil are waiting awesome. outside, actually. Um, I don't know if you're heading out or anything or yeah, no, I can head up if you need these places for someone. So. I, well, I mean, you're happy to like stick wait around. Til, wait till they... Um, I don't know, is it easier for Andrew if people come and don't look up for Sure, wait till they arrive. Yeah, perfect. And Rather than you can't leave somebody to talk to then, because then otherwise... That's it. Rather than just leave me staring at the microphone. Exactly. It does have more of the musings of the inner workings of your head. Than, um, yeah, that's not probably not, not exactly what you want. Um, and come here, what... Made you decide these hours to do 18 hours? Like, why, why These hours? Well, these hours were when the studio was available. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the idea came from, from Andrew. Like, we decided that we wanted to do something for... Sure. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it was like, so if we're going to do it, it's going to be 18 hours. And it was like... And I figured 18 hours for 18 episodes? That's it, exactly, yeah. Gotcha, okay. And the idea is that we talk for... Generally on the podcast, we talk for about as long as the movie is. Okay. So it's like, if Twin Peaks The Return is an 18-hour movie, movie, then logically... We talk for 18 hours. About yeah. it. I mean, you know, that was that was the logic behind <laughs> our decision, as it yeah. were. Um, and then we sort of uh, kind of ran with that idea. And we decided it'd be a good thing to do for Daffodil Day and to raise money for the Irish yeah. Cancer Society as well. And then the studio that was, we need to do it in town because we wanted to have guests. Because where we normally record is out in Swords, mm-hmm. uh, which is not really accessible for, no. for people that much, unfortunately. Yeah. So we decided we wanted to do it in the city centre to make it like so people could come in yeah. you know, sort of as they were. And uh, yeah, so this was the 18 hours that head stuff happened to have available. I could also come up with some answer how I think it's, you know, it gets close to midnight in Washington. I think it comes up like one oh, hour past. Go yeah. with that one. Um, I mean, that's much sexier yeah. um, as far as explanations <laughs> go. Uh, and uh, Phil and Jay are back, actually. Much, much <laughs> yeah. It's cousin Jay and Brother Phil. And look at this delicious maple syrup they brought. Did they actually bring maple, maple syrup? They did. I was recently on vacation in a place where they make it. So I okay. Uh, Jay, sorry, Phil was in Canada. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, he actually, wow, he did. He brought. Oh, oh, thank you very much, sir. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of their chief experts. But anyway, so we're gonna, so we're gonna sort of talk a little bit about what we. This is where the podcast gets a bit looser. As it were. Ooh, yeah, well, this is. This we, can, we can swear now, right? We can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners can. T- thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kian. Thank you very oh, no much. Thank um, you so much. And thank you so much for coming I'll, in. Um, uh, Andrew's going to walk you out, I and will. we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, best of luck for the rest of the hours. I mean, this is where the difficult part happens, right? I've got to set my alarm before in the morning so I hear kind of darn gone full delirium. <laughs> do, you have like like a, rambling to yourself. do you have like a game of Monopoly for the last two hours that you're going to play as Twin Peaks characters, you know? Would <laughs> yeah, you run zone, out of yeah. things to say? I'm amazed there isn't a Twin Peaks version of Monopoly already. But it's going to sort of develop into that sort of Lynchian madness, okay. I suspect, where we're talking yeah. about the weather, but in yeah. sort of abstract, highly abstract terms. Of course. Just ambient sound. That's it, yeah. exactly. Um, so the sound of snoozing. Yeah. Great driving in that evening. Ah. <laughs> Andrew's been rehearsing that all day. And Sometimes my arms bend back. And there's always music in here. <laughs> um, we have volunteers to, to come in and be various Red Room residents. Kian, thank you again. Thank you.